the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Family, thank you for coming and worshiping with me. And that's really what we come to do, isn't it? To join together before him, before the throne of God, as his people, as his children. It's a celebration of who we are and who he is. We're grateful. We are blessed to have the privilege to gather in his name. To be able to take one day out of the week at least, and set aside all else that fights for our attention and placing our eyes upon him, reckoning upon his spirit to pull us together and join us in truth, to allow us to enter into the fullness of his love and his life and his presence together. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for his work and for his family and for my family. Today it is my intention to finish up Philemon. However, we'll be covering a lot of ground. The letter of Philemon, we plan to complete verses 8 through 25 after a short reminder of the context. And the letter of Philemon is a letter that Paul wrote during his first Roman imprisonment. And Paul was in that imprisonment for three years, and it was during that time Paul got quite productive. God chained him so that he would be about the work that God had him to do. And you know, it's kind of an interesting way that God works in our lives. Sometimes the definition of he makes me lay down is uh, sickness. Sometimes the definition is constrictions that won't allow us to do anything but rest. So Paul is chained, but he manages to write Philippians, Ephesians, and Colossians, and then, of course, this letter as well, which is the smallest of the prison letters. It's the fourth one, and it is, in fact, a letter to a friend of his. And this letter is, as I said last week, it's about forgiveness. It's about mercy and grace. It's about expressing the character of Christ. It also deals with identity and the change that takes place when we're born again. 
And as it may occur to some of you that our topic doesn't seem to vary much from week after week, understand that our context for living is the same in every text, in every text, in every word, in every inch of this Bible. So, if you're going to hear a lot of things you've heard before, and that's by the design of God. You know, there's no end to the amount of information and reinforcement of the world trying to get us to adopt a false identity, is there? We have endless attempts of the world and the flesh to get us to assume an alternate identity through every form of media and the spectacle of the glory of the flesh demonstrated in every venue. Yet we often think that we should get this in one setting, right? Well, it hasn't happened for me, and if it hadn't happened for me, I'm going to assume it hadn't happened for you. It is about our determination in faith to walk in our union and our communion with the Spirit of Christ. That's the context in which we live. So, knowing this, Philemon was a man who was determined to walk by the Spirit. A man who was known as a minister of Christ and faithful to demonstrate the very character of Christ. He was a wealthy man, which is an even greater evidence of his determined faith. He hosted the church at Colossae in his house, and his wife and Archippus, which is believed to be his older son, were involved in the ministry. And Philemon had a slave whose name was Onesimus. And Onesimus ran away after stealing some money or some valuables, maybe both. And he ran to Rome in hopes to hide in the Roman population of slaves. Because at that time, Rome had almost a million slaves in that city. And there was an underground, as it were, of runaways. There was a black market. There was an underground where they were... They had their own society in there. And that's where Onesimus thought he would be free. And he ran to Rome and he ran straight into Paul, who was imprisoned in Rome and under house arrest. And he was unable to escape God's plan for him. He was unable to escape God's desire to pull him into truth. And he sat under the preaching of Paul, and he became born again. He became saved, and then he began to serve Paul. And then Paul learned that Onesimus was a runaway slave who had actually been in service of his friend Philemon. And he sent Onesimus back with a letter accompanied by Tychius, who, by the way, was Paul's mailman. He took all the letters to these different cities. So, Let's begin with that. If you'll please stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to read Philemon, verse 8 through 25. You'll notice there's really only one chapter. Therefore, Paul continues, Therefore, on the basis of these facts, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is appropriate, yet, for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. Since I am such a person as Paul, an old man, and now as also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my own spiritual child, Onesimus, whom I have fathered in the faith while a captive in these chains. 
Once he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you as well as to me. I have sent him back to you in person, that is, like sending my very heart. I would have chosen to keep him with me so that he might minister to me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without first getting your consent so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. Perhaps it was for this reason that he separated from you for a while so that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave but as someone more than a slave, as a brother in Christ, especially dear to me. But how much more to you, both in flesh, as a servant, and in the Lord, and as a fellow believer. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome and accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it in full, not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own self as well. So, brother, let me have some benefit and joy from you in the Lord and refresh my heart in Christ. I write to you perfectly confident of your compliance since I know that you will do even more than I ask. At the same time, Also prepare a guest room for me in expectation of a visit. For I hope that through your prayers, I will be granted the gracious privilege of coming to you at Colossae. Greetings to you from Epaphras, my fellow prisoner here in the cause of Christ, and from Mark, and from Aristarchus, and Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You may be seated. Now, to kind of get the picture of what's going on, the setting, Philemon is reading this letter, most likely with Onesimus standing right in front of him, or near him. And do you see the emotion of all of that? Do you see how that must have stirred in Philemon, how the enemy might work in this? We look at verses 8 and 9. It says, Therefore, on the basis of these facts, the facts that he had given earlier, Though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is appropriate, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you since I'm such a person as Paul, an an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. What he's saying is this, Therefore, on the basis of what I believe about you, if you go back and read that greeting, he says quite a bit about his relationship with Philemon, what I believe about you and what you know about me and the bond of love that we share, I don't have to command you. Paul could stand in his apostolic authority, in the authority conferred on him by God, but what would that affirm in Philemon? What would that create in Philemon? Would he see the grace and the overwhelming love of God by just answering a command? One writer made the observation that a command is simply the imposition of another's will in which the heart has no share. Paul approaches Philemon with the heart of a parent who, with love, invites the child to do what is right. You hear the fathers in his words, in the words of Paul, who seeks obedience of the heart. 
It is better to be moved to obedience by the still small voice of love than the cold, harsh word of authority. The demoniac, you remember him. He could not be bound by chains. He could not be quieted or subdued by men. Yet he sat completely free, quietly before the person of love, Jesus. Love has an amazing effect in that it frees us up to receive from the inside out all that God intends in obedience. Love is that vehicle by which we embrace all that God has for us in what he directs us to do. So when he calls us to a specific task or calls us to a specific situation, and I don't mean specific in the sense he says go to this street or go to that house or go to this place. I'm talking about the day-to-day. I'm talking about the, the living of life. The moment by moment of life, when he pulls us in those directions, it is always with an invitation to know his love. To experience the fullness of all that he has placed in us because that is how we expand in truth. That is how we know him. That's how he desires us to know him. So Paul is basically saying to Philemon, He's saying, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love. That's Philippians 2, 2. Having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit, intent in one purpose, and living a life that reflects your faith, that spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through faith in Christ. You see, the bigger picture that Paul longs to see is truth expressed through Philemon. A legitimate offense forgiven. The surrender of Philemon's right to justice. The demonstration of God's mercy and grace. Now that's a supernatural work that overcomes the flesh. The flesh that longs to exercise its rights and establish its righteous position before men. What would Philemon demonstrate in his liberty? That's the question. What would Philemon demonstrate in his liberty? And God had brought him to a place of opportunity through what the world and himself probably perceived as great injury. God brought him on the brink of experiencing the glory, the wonder of his love and grace and mercy. He had the freedom to reject it. His liberty was that he was in the right if he were to imprison Onesimus, if he were to reject Onesimus, if he were to have Onesimus killed. But what would he do with his liberty in Christ, not his liberty in law? What would he do with it? How would he express it? Would he express it in the selfishness and the vindication of his flesh? Or would he express it in the same way Christ expressed it towards him? Through grace. Through mercy, Paul longs for him. It is a supernatural work to overcome that flesh. It is a work of God in us. What would be the evidence of the work of God that would affirm truth and propel Philemon and those who watch to a greater determination of faith? What does your liberty in Christ affirm in you? Is the heart of Christ revealed in just obligation? Is it revealed in just duty? 
Paul writes, Yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner for the sake of Christ. Jesus, for love's sake, for the agape sake, for the sake of the love of God, which we share. The same love for which I am even now chained and imprisoned as an old man. This love still compels me. Verse 10 and 11. I appeal to you for my own spiritual child, Onesimus, whom I have fathered in the faith while captive in these chains. Once he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you as well as to me. This appeal is for forgiveness. It's for mercy and grace on behalf of Onesimus. It is also appeal, an appeal for Philemon to step forward in truth and to know the overcoming power of Christ. And by the way, Paul led him to the Lord whilst in chains. How limited was Paul's ministry? It wasn't. How limited was, his word of, was the word of grace with Paul chained? to a Roman guard. It wasn't. It's an interesting contrast because we we just read and we'll we'll talk about it again. It's an interesting thing that Onesimus ran from a home where the church was. He ran from the ministry of the people of the church, from ministers of the church. He stole from them. He ran to be away from them and he runs into the arms of Paul. And it is there, in the least likely of places, that Onesimus receives the truth. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 20, he says, Then Peter came to him, speaking of Jesus, and said, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him and let it go? Up to seven times? Jesus answered him, I say to you, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, it's uncountable. It's infinite. Now, not many take time to consider what Jesus is saying. He tells Peter there's no limit to forgiveness. That's what he says. That means that no matter what is done to us in this life and how many times it is done, we are to forgive. That means that at no time in your life are you entitled to be bitter, to hate, to nurse a grudge, to resent, to seek revenge, to not love. That's an impossible standard for the flesh, isn't it? To forgive even if you are wronged, offended, injured over and over again every day, that's an impossible standard. That would require you to live to something greater than this flesh this life. Paul is not saying that you are to neglect justice or that forgiveness should do away with just consequences, but the purpose of discipline is restoration and it is accompanied by compassion. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says, but be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as Christ God in Christ also forgave you. 
Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. In all things, we express the heart of the Father towards all. In verse 11, Paul does a little play on words. He says, actually, Onesimus' name actually means profitable or useful. It was probably a nickname that stuck. It was a common name for slaves and could often be used tongue-in-cheek. So, Paul indicates a transformation in the identity of Onesimus, who was once useless to you, but is now indeed useful. Verses 12 through 14. I have sent him back to you in person, that is, like sending my very heart. I would have chosen to keep him with me so that he might minister to me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without first getting your consent so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. I have sent him to you repentant, changed. Well, how do you know he was repentant? How do you know he was changed? Because he's there. Because he went back. Because he returned. Onesimus had repented because of his return. He risked beating. He risked imprisonment. Even death in order to be obedient and to ask forgiveness. Now you might think that Paul is the reason Onesimus has returned. And certainly Paul required it. However, there's been a change in Onesimus. And that change compels him, based on who he has become, to seek restitution. He goes forward, trusting in the will of God concerning him. He is no less like the Apostle Paul, going forward in Christ, not knowing what he may face. And Paul faced more bad than good in terms of how the the populace, general populace treated him and the, the officials treated him. But he went forward, and he was glad of it because he went forward in obedience to God the Father in his heart, to Christ who went before him. He was grateful because he didn't hold the standard of life in his flesh. He held the standard of life in who he was in Christ. He goes forward trusting in the will of God, and Paul couldn't guarantee him anything. This would have to be the decision of Philemon. There's no plea for Paul to release Onesimus from slavery, only to forgive and restore. So Paul gives testimony to the service and ministry that Onesimus was to him. And think about that for a moment. Onesimus was a wanted fugitive slave who chose to serve Paul while Paul was in Roman custody, literally chained between Roman guards. Do you think that he would flirt with the danger of being caught by the Romans day in and day out to act as a servant to Paul if there had not been a change in him? It wouldn't make any sense. I don't think he was so clever. He thought he was hiding in plain sight. He knew the threat that he faced, but he went forward because his anonymity is not what protected him. His ability to pose as a servant of Paul is not what protected him. It was God's grace 
God's determination to hold him out of the Romans' hands that protected him. To give him opportunity to return to Philemon. So that Philemon would have the opportunity to forgive. And know the grace and mercy of God a second time. You see the love that possesses Onesimus does not consider the cost. He doesn't consider the cost. Onesimus stands before Philemon as more than a conqueror, with more freedom and liberty than Caesar himself, undaunted by the threat of death. He has seen the revelation of Christ and would no longer cling to the hollow independence of flesh. He stands forgiven before God, waiting to be forgiven by Philemon. Interesting. That's all of us. Their relationship can never be the same. For now they share the same heart, the same heritage, the same Savior, the same freedom. Understand that true ministry, as Paul would define it, is the ministry of Christ. That is the ministry that Paul sought to give, right? And Paul didn't call the obligation of flesh ministry. When Paul writes that he would have chosen to keep Onesimus so that he might minister to him in in his imprisonment. He's not saying that Onesimus is a good servant. He's a handy guy to have around. The word minister is actually dikonao, which is the word that we get deacon from. It's a servant of the Lord who ministers. This is what Paul's calling him. This is a form of worship for Onesimus. But as I pointed out earlier, Paul is not just about getting grace for Onesimus, but he's inviting Philemon into the experience of God's grace and mercy. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.